All right. Well, we'll start, I guess. This is a special edition of Outlook, inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Outlook. Radio Western, Canadian Federation of the Blind, 2021 Virtual Choices and Goals Convention, Part 1. So welcome everybody, everybody here this morning to the Canadian Federation of the Blind's first... Alex Jurgensen. Oh, here he is, okay. Ever annual... Join the meeting. Virtual convention. Uh, 2021, and our theme this year is Choices and Goals, which I think is very appropriate. And we are on Zoom, for the most part and all over the world, (laughs) and also on Facebook Live. And the hosts today and tomorrow uh, are myself and Brian, my brother here, from Outlook. We have a radio show podcast. It's on um, Radio Western on Monday mornings at 11 Eastern, or it's on all podcast platforms at Outlook on Radio Western. So we're happy to be hosting this weekend. It's one month later, and here we are, Care and I, sitting in my apartment. Here we are. Yeah, I can't believe it's been a month since we put this whole convention together and hosted it that weekend. It took place from April 30th to May the 2nd, so now it's early June, and it really was quite the quite the weekend there. And the last couple weekends as well have been interesting. You've been in my you've been here last weekend and then you came back again this weekend cuz we always tend to underestimate how long it takes us sometimes to put together these productions and <laughs> but we do it anyway, don't we? Because we care. That's what we want to. Well, my name is Carrie, so I have to care. Yes. It's in my name. That's why. I like calling you Care sometimes. And I wish at the convention, since we were the hosts, I wish we had, I had called you Care a bit more. I kept <laughs> thinking that, but I never really did. It's, it was tough because we were hosts and we had this experience from doing this show for mm-hmm. almost three years now, but it's still a little different when you're doing it over Zoom. And it was our first time ever doing a virtual convention over Zoom. We'd been to a bunch of Zoom events, as many have over the past year and a bit, but this was our first time hosting an event like this, so it was quite an experience, I must say. Well, we were on the planning committee for this convention for several months before, you know, back into last year there, and we weren't necessarily even planning on hosting. That sort of came up later. I don't even remember when I sort of volunteered us for that job, Um, because I thought some, you know, we need an MNC for this kind of event to keep things moving and to pull things together in a certain way. And so I thought, why not us here on Outlook, uh, hosts that we, that we are together? Why not? Yeah, always thinking about the process. Well, one process is this, the last couple of weekends, really gathering mm-hmm. together, together clips for the convention. We have a two-part series here, uh, highlighting all the, the events from the two days. And on the third day, it was just the annual general meeting. So we're not really going to cover that on this special, but yeah. uh, the first two days were the busy ones. And... That was a process planning the whole convention and then putting this together. So it's, uh, it's been, a, been quite a busy few months here. Mm-hmm. So that's why we needed kind of that month to sort of, whew. but now, you know, getting back into it, listening to these clips where you're realizing the different uh, speakers and the effect it had on everyone. And, and it sort of brings you back to review it and listen to it again. So Yeah, keep that convention spirit alive. And as you mentioned already, Carrie, we were on the planning committee. It was a very small committee. 
mm-hmm. planning these, these events as the Canadian Federation of the Blind is still quite a small organization here in Canada. And, you know, it takes a lot of responsibility. It's all volunteer, so you're spending your time doing these things. And it's, it was all new for a lot of us. I mean, a, a lot of us had p- helped plan. I think you were on the planning committee more than I was planning the in-person ones. We've been yeah. to... Our last in-person one. We've been to two of them. Right, yeah. Two CFB in-person conventions in the past. And we didn't have one last year due to the pandemic. We just weren't organized and it couldn't pull it together. But this year, we definitely did. And it, uh, it ended up turning out much better than I expected. I was quite nervous. I've used this comparison many times before, but I like to say it once more that it was, I felt like a yo-yo. One day I was, this is going to be, this is great. I can't wait for this to happen. The next day it was, what am I getting myself into here? So. <laughs> Brian is a big yo-yo fan, so it applies. Yeah. I could never use a yo-yo. No, I never so actually finicky. played with yo-yos as a kid or anything, but <laughs> I was assisting thinking of a, a woman the other day, um, she was on the news, she was telling the reporter that she can juggle and uh she's blind and I just thought, Well that'd be cool and I was trying to picture how I might do that. And uh I guess it's possible, but not uh probably not for us. Let's stick to the radio. Yes. Yeah, it was a small committee. You know, a few people doing a lot of work, basically. Yeah, so I think we'll mention a few of the names off the top here just to recognize some of the hard work that went into it. Of course, we said we were both on the committee, mm-hmm. along with being the hosts of the event as well, which was kind of like why, why I was questioning your decision to be the host, but I'm glad you, <laughs> you did go for it. I, I, I dread things often when I think about the, the build yeah, up to them, and I think a lot them. of people go through that. Yeah, but then when you do it, it's not so bad. So let's go through a few people here. So Alex Jurgensen. Stepped in as the committee chair. We originally had Elizabeth Lalonde, but uh, yeah, she started with late last year. She had helped in the past do a lot of work planning yeah, the in-person. she put them ones. together, many of them, the ones where I was at that were so successful. Alex took over for Elizabeth. She got a little overwhelmed, as many of us did this past year with so much going on. So thanks to him, he did such a great job keeping things organized, helping delegate tasks, and it, wouldn't, it would have been much more difficult without him. So big thanks to Alex. For sure. And then Eric Burgraff, uh, he's, we, we referred to him as the webmaster, but really convention web page administrator. Well, he's the webmaster for CFB in general, but in right. this particular situation, he was the convention web page administrator. Right. Yeah. So he did a lot of the back end stuff, stuff I know nothing about. And uh, then also on our committee, we had uh, Doug Lawler, uh, Sky Mundell, and uh, Marie Tullett. And uh, hard work behind the scenes by everybody who stepped in and stepped took up in a to task. pick up any tasks they could, or even just to listen in and get an idea, because this is all new for all of us. And mm-hmm. I've done the same for a lot of the CFB stuff because it's it's different and it's new experience. So, right. But one of the things that I struggled with quite a bit thinking about it was video versus audio. And of course, Zoom, the platform, is so great because it has the option for video, but. Just going to these events the past year, I don't, I can't see, so I don't ever think about video. Even though this convention is for, or is of the blind, we also wanted sighted people to attend because it's a great learning experience. And video is an important part of that to really get the message across sometimes. So we wanted to include some video. So the, the presentations ended up being a mix of both. Mm-hmm. But as the host, I really struggled the last few weeks. It was on the back of my mind constantly. It was like, what am I going to do? I want to have the best audio sound, but I also want to have the best video. And what's my best setup? You want to look good. You want to sound good, but I can't see how I look. If you know the show at all, you know how important sound is to Brian here and to me also. So you want to sound good to be a host of something like that. Yeah. So I ended up using my microphone, my good microphone with my mixer and my Mac mini doesn't have 
cam a camera so I couldn't have video, but I did <laughs> think about a great option the day before. I was like, I'll contact our brother who's an awesome photographer, get him to send me a good profile picture to put up on my Zoom so at least people aren't looking at a weird yeah, that's box something. or whatever they see on the screen there. A box or an oval or something. It's, yeah, so. It is hard if you can't see to understand what Zoom looks like. So everything everybody's been seeing this last year on Zoom, it's not quite the same when you're just listening. So Right. So think of our audience, but... It was cool, though. It was a mix. Some presentations were video. We pre-recorded some stuff in advance. Some stuff was live. Some stuff yeah. was just audio. It all depends. So we also did record all of this on Zoom, and some of the videos will be up on YouTube eventually. It's a bit of a process to get that all sorted, so we will have that coming up. Yeah, so then we, had to, we actually recruited some help also on the back end to run Zoom because you and, for instance, like you and Doug have been starting to get used to how Zoom works, and even me to an extent, but... We needed somebody behind the scenes to monitor questions and people coming in and out. And yeah, and when you're also the hosts, I mean, part of me was yeah. like, oh, I could handle Zoom too, but you uh -huh. really can't take on too many responsibilities because there's just so much going on in the moment and you, you got to focus on your t the task at hand. So we were so lucky to have Joanne Gabius, the daughter of the president of the CFB, Mary Ellen Gabius's daughter, to help. Uh, she's organized a bunch of events. She lives in the United States and has done a lot of events for the National Federation of the Blind there. So... Thanks so much to Mary Ellen for reaching out to her, and, and thanks to Joanne for, for stepping in and helping in the last, uh, the last couple of weeks there get the Zoom stuff sorted out for us. That was a huge help. But yeah, just even to make sure that, that we were, that we were um, you know, streaming on Facebook Live, which we've never done before. I've done little tests with it, but never a whole convention all, like, all day for two long days. Yeah, it was pretty cool. To have it was that pretty cool, yeah. Live we had a lot of well, people so. watching on Facebook Live that weren't watching on Zoom, so... And what about time zones? That made it kind of oh, tricky. Yeah. It started at 9.30 Pacific that day, which is 12.30 Eastern here in Ontario. A lot of the people who spoke the first day were from British Columbia. So we decided to go with the Pacific time zone, which in some ways worked well for us because we could start later. We had a bit of time in the morning to prepare. Yeah. So our setup we had it was that you and I were both broadcasting from my house. So I was on my upper floor in my room and you were downstairs in the office and it worked rather well. I ran up and down the stairs quite a bit yeah, over the weekend. Yeah, that was fun and uh, communicate, you know, through our technology, but also through physically going down to talk to you during the presentations, which meant I'd miss a lot of it. But uh, so them's, them's the breaks. That's what happens when you host an event and you're also working a lot of stuff on the back end. And we don't have a ton of people, so we all help out with all the tasks. Having Joanne there was great. So when we first came on the air that first morning as the hosts... We started saying hello, and yet there's no live audience or anything, so it's hard to know people are actually listening, and everybody is on mute, which yeah, is what you like want. Yeah, there's like awkward silence there, and you're like, wait, <laughs> is this going live? But again, there's obviously there's going to be a silence because everyone's muted and listening, right. so it was kind of strange so, to start that out. But. but yeah, we had Joanne, and she would tell us that, we're, that people could hear us. Are we live? Are people hearing what we're saying? <laughs> yeah, we need someone to tell <laughs> this us. This is our first virtual convention, so yeah, we are, please, can you hear me now? Well, yes, I can hear Scott Labar right I now. Am. I'm going to... I'm going to give you a quick introduction here, Scott, and then I'll take it over to you. Sure. So for everyone here today, let's welcome our national rep from the National Federation of the Blind, Scott Labar. He was born in Minnesota and heard about the NFB through the scholarship program. He currently serves as president of the NFB of Colorado and of the National Association of Blind Lawyers. So welcome Scott Labar to our Canadian Federation of the Blind 2021 virtual convention. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I come here today bringing you greetings from the president 
of the uh, National Federation of the Blind, Mark Riccobono, uh, uh, who is, of course, in Baltimore uh, at our uh, national headquarters. Anyway, I look forward to being with you this weekend. I will be running in and out. I've got a few other appointments today that I've got to attend. Uh, so I'll be zooming in and zooming out. <laughs> That's always one nice feature of this virtual platform. And tomorrow evening, I look forward at your banquet to talking to you about what the Federation is doing here in the United States, uh, especially during the pandemic, and then offering a few thoughts, I hope, uh, thought-provoking thoughts uh, about blindness and what issues we face. So, so thank you very much for the introduction and the welcome, and I look forward to the rest of the weekend. That's when it really hit me there, when Scott Labar, the national rep from the National Federation of the Blind, started speaking. He had his microphone set to stereo, which caught me by surprise. I had my headphones on, and it just sounded so crazy in my head. And that's when it really hit me that, whoa, this convention is in motion, because you're planning and planning and planning, and what could happen, what could go wrong. But once it starts, it's just going, and there you go, and you're in it. Yeah. And at that point, you just go with it and think on the spot and see what happens. So yep. uh, it was quite the, quite the moment for me. He wasn't in stereo there. He didn't record the Zoom in stereo, but I thought that was pretty neat. Wow. Yeah, but we had 67 registered in the end. So that was better than I kind of... Yeah, we thought. never really knew what to expect. It's always hard to promote Break these things. Break 50 here, yeah. And we also small. had a bunch of people coming in and out on Facebook Live, of course. We didn't really know who yeah, they were. I'm not counting them, actually. Couldn't really track them. So you never know how many people caught bits of it throughout the weekend. Mm -hmm. and it was divided up. So the first day was more networking day, so we had a lot of different organizations speaking that day. Yeah, their companies and their products, yeah. But yeah, we like to break stuff up like that with door prizes, so we definitely had them on the first day. Yeah, so everyone who was registered was eligible, eligible for door prizes. It was also free. You didn't have to register, so people could just join the event. We really just wanted as many people to come as possible. So we didn't want to have that limitation. But um, mm. if you did register, you were eligible for door prizes. So yeah, and we had Nancy Gill on on door prizes all weekend, which was great. She's got so much energy. So she was our door prize coordinator. Yes. And actually, she came up with the theme choices and goals too, which I thought was just excellent for the year that we just had. And she actually used a device called an OrCam, which is like electronic eyes to read the names that she drew out. So she she had her little device, which can be helpful. David Brunn was a, a last-minute decision to throw Edition, in, to yeah. get in there, but I'm glad we did. He's from Gateway Navigation, but that day he was discussing a partnership that, uh, with McGill University. And uh, to start off the morning after that, yeah, we had Steve Barkley, and he actually generously donated an item was one of our door prizes, the big... Stay presentation tuned. door prize we saved for later. <laughs> so Steve is from Canadian Assistive Technology. If we have time quick for a door prize, Nancy, before we get to our first sort of speaker, are you there? She was here and maybe she got muted. You hear me? Yep. Yes, we can hear you. Okay, I'm shaking. Welcome, you guys, to our convention. I'm the door prize girl from Burnaby, BC. And I have an, oh, I have a, a Margo. Is there a Margo? Margo. I've seen it. I know there's a Margo that's registered, but I'm not sure if she's on on the call right okay. now. Okay. And the second one, it looks like looks like a Marie Marie Tellis. Tell tell it tell us. Your friend, Marie Tellet. Oh, 
that, that, oh yeah, that's my girlfriend. <laughs> that grant is for the research and development of tools to address access barriers to graphical information on the internet uh, using AI technology and uh, machine learning with uh, audio, and tactile, and multimodal uh, feedback, uh, the university researchers are going to be engaging with uh, people in the blind community uh, for the next year and a bit uh, to develop these tools. So the reason I wanted to have a, a presentation spot today is because uh, with with uh, my my new company, it, it's often very, very difficult to get word out about uh, what it is we're doing and to have everybody understand uh, what we carry and, and what we do. Uh, we handle uh, products from Eschenbach. Uh, they're optical magnification products. Unfortunately, we are no longer able to sell their video magnifiers because they have struck a deal with CNIB to be their exclusive distributor across the country for uh, for their video magnifiers. So we're locked out of those at the moment. Uh, we handle products from Hims out of Korea. Their braille displays and their note takers, as well as a few other other uh, training products that they uh, they offer. Freedom Scientific, also Vespero, uh, JAWS, uh, their large print systems, reading machines. We handle all, all of their stuff, both hardware and uh, software. Unfortunately, their hardware, we are no longer able to sell in Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and the Maritimes, because once again, CNIB has struck an exclusive deal to handle it within those, those territories. We handle uh, products from NaviLens, a uh, company which makes... Uh, uh, indoor uh, navigation codes. They're, they're kind of like a QR code, uh, but with, with color. And you print them out, you, you enter a description into a database and you stick them up somewhere. And then somebody can walk around with a cell phone and use the camera on their cell phone to locate these, uh, these codes. And the nice thing about these codes is it will tell you exactly how far away from you, uh, from you the code is, as well as uh, tell you the information that's on the code. So they're very good for, for uh, indoor navigation and providing information in an indoor space. They can be used outside as well. Uh, they're, they're not limited to inside, um, but uh, they're, they're used more for, for inside. Uh, we handle products for humanware, our dear friends out of Montreal, who sell all kinds of braille displays, printers, training aids, tactile graphics, production products, talking book players, large print systems. But again, unfortunately, uh, we are no longer able to sell those products within the provinces of Alberta and Saskatchewan because humanware has struck a deal with CNIB and they are the exclusive distributors within uh, Saskatchewan and uh, Alberta. But we can sell it everywhere else. Uh, we handle product from a company called Perceptive Devices called the Smile Mouse. Uh, it's another physical access aid. It's a product which um, allows somebody to control their computer through a webcam and facial expressions. So it'll track as you're turning your head and it'll move the mouse correspondingly to how you're moving your head and then you can smile to click your mouse. It's a very pleasant product. Uh, doo -doo -doo. Just so many products available through Canadian Assistive Technologies, which is Canada's fastest growing independent distributor of products for people who are blind or visually impaired. And as you heard there, he also has a lot of products for other disabilities. So it's so great to include this, keep inclusion going at this convention and diversity and all these things to, obviously it's focusing on the blind specifically, but it's all disabilities that we want to be talking about more. So mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and Steve, obviously there, he says he has products from all the way from Montreal. They, they deal with people and companies all the way to Korea. So that's interesting. And uh, he mentioned also a few times uh, about some exclusive deals uh, CNIB has with certain companies in certain provinces and can't sell with those anymore. And that's kind of what we would talk about a lot at this, con- this convention this year about the monopoly the CNIB has become. So Yeah, just like that. we've talked about a lot on this show recently. We aired yeah. the report a few weeks ago and we've been talking about it so much that it's just, it makes me so sad meeting this guy virtually and talking to him. He seems like such a genuine person and it's just sad to think yeah, that- Affects his company here. Yeah, yeah. CNIB is kind of taking over the market like this and it's <laughs> something we got to keep talking about because we have to make mm-hmm. some sort of change on this and- I actually connected with Steve Barkley originally over email. He reached out, since I'm the treasurer for the Canadian Federation of the Blind, he reached out about donating an item to this convention, which we ended up using as a door prize. You'll find out about that later on. But he has a podcast with a few of his other colleagues and friends there. It's called AT Banter. So assistive tech for AT Banter. So check that out. Yeah, you uh, connected with him. We're going to have him on the show. Mm-hmm. At some point to talk more in detail. And you can also check out his website, which is canastech, C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Coming up next at the convention, we had Nate Toves present from Neil Squire Society. Today I'll be sharing with you the how Neil Squire Society got started in 1984. Uh, Neil's accident is the first slide that I'm going to be bringing up in a second. Uh, our neilsquire.ca website is accessible. Uh, and has just actually been revamped to raise the level of accessibility. And then I'll be going into detail about some statistics about the uh, provincial situation as it relates to people with disabilities and employment, and then talking about the WorkBC Assistive Technology Services Program, which I promote throughout the province of BC, uh, how to apply uh, the things that we can uh, support uh, and so forth. We've run dozens and dozens of programs provincially and federally uh, to assist people with disabilities. So we understand that it must, must be flexible in the way that we provide the employment-related disability supports tailored to the client's needs. Again, not cookie cutter. Brian or Joanne or Carrie, you know who would be a great person to apply to this program? Might be that friend of yours that was in a car accident or a WorkSafe accident. Welcome to the CFB 2021 Virtual Choices and Goals Convention. Perfect. Thank you so much for that warm welcome. And thank you to all the presenters we've had so far today. Uh, Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Melissa Cairns. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm the project coordinator with Plan Institute. Uh, I do have my video on, but for those of you who aren't able to see me or just are attending via phone, uh, I am a Caucasian person, quite tall, although you can't really tell from the room I'm in. Uh, I have blue, purple, and pink hair, but that's slicked back in a high ponytail, and I'm wearing a black t-shirt and black over-the-head headphones. And this is on the uh, traditional and unceded territories of the Coast Salish, Katsi, Coquitlam, and Stalo peoples. Uh, I just want to make a note that territorial acknowledgments are one very small part of reconciliation and dismantling colonial worldviews. And I encourage everyone to take a moment to think of other ways that we can enact decolonization. What is the disability tax credit and what is the registered disability savings plan? A lot of the work we do and most of the work that I'm involved in is around these two 
programs. So hopefully going to be able to explain a little bit more about what these programs are and how this might benefit you or somebody that you know. Canada is the first country in the world to have a registered disability savings plan. Uh, it is also the only country in the world that has this plan. If you've heard of any other one that has a similar program, please let me know. But to my knowledge, Canada is the only country right now that does um, have the registered disability savings plan. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? My name is Paul Mugambi, a blind person from Kenya. Hi, Paul. Nice to have you join us today. I really appreciate uh, the discussions around uh, what you've been doing. And it is really inspiring for me because uh, in our country, we don't get to access such services. So it is really interesting for me. My name is Daniela Levi-Pinto and... I am the project coordinator with NELS, National Network for Equitable Library Service. Um, I've been working in the area of accessibility for about three years now, but I have a different background. I come from the world of political science um, and uh, I am also totally blind. So I am a user of um, accessible formats. Thanks, Daniela. My name is Rianne LaPere. I am the Braille and Accessibility Testing Coordinator at NELS. I have been working in accessibility for over a decade now. I came from the K-12 sector and then worked my way over to NELS, where I have found a wonderful home. My name is Peter Tusik, and I am the Brand Ambassador of Blindness Products for Humanware. It's great to be here, and I am in Chicago. Uh, but I, I tend to travel from place to place um, prior to the pandemic and work with all of our end users. So what, I, what I'm aiming to do is really give an overview of what humanware is and what we do, as well as spotlight a couple of newer uh, products that we've released and also direct you to visit our booth. As part of the convention planning committee, I booked humanware and I was a little nervous, just I'd never really booked people for an event like this. And Humanware, as you could tell, is a quite a big company. He being from Chicago there, they're all over the place, even though they're from Montreal, which is awesome. Canadian company there. Uh, obviously, they have offices in the United States as well. Um, but yeah, through, through email, I, I booked with uh, Emmanuel Kea, the marketing programs coordinator. And I didn't even know if they'd come through. Who knows, right? But I was so happy that I did because it's a great get for an event like this. And they're such a great company. I've used their Braille displays in the past. Yeah, so they were one of our sponsors. So Yes, big thanks to them for sponsoring our convention and appearing for a presentation. And they also came up later in the exhibit hall. And also for that, we had Daniela Levi-Pinto and Rianne LaPere. And they were from NELS, the National Network for Equitable Library Service. So you can check them out, more about them at nnels.ca. And yeah, I've been communicating back and forth with people there for a while. And we had an episode previously on Outlook with someone from there. So I always like to talk about accessible library services. We need more of that here in Canada for blind people who love to read and people with other print disabilities. Integrating the library systems together so that we don't have to go to a separate library for our right. reading needs. And then another organization I've booked which I didn't really know anything about, mm -hmm. was Plan Institute. That was Melissa Karen speaking there. I actually booked through Tom Brooks over email, though. He's the project manager. And we actually have RDSPs here in Ontario that we've set up. It was really interesting to hear 
an international guest in there from Kenya. That was totally unexpected, Kara. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting it at all. That was really cool, though. I mean, this is the Canadian Federation of the Blind, but we want as many people to come as possible in countries. And have, there were people from the U.S. and Canada and Kenya in there, you heard, and someone from Ireland coming up, a friend of ours. So, mm-hmm. um, But these RDSPs are an awesome option that we have. And again, it makes me realize how lucky we are to live in a country like Canada. And a lot of countries around the world just don't have these types of services. Mm-hmm. If you want to learn more about Plan Institute, you can find them on the web, planinstitute.ca. And we started that montage off with someone from Neil Squire Society. So that's, uh, you can see more about them at neilsquire.ca. So thanks to Nate Toves from Neil Squire. Anybody on Facebook, I am turning it off. So go find the link so you can go to the exhibit hall. The Virtual Exhibit Hall at the Canadian Federation of the Blind 2021 Choices and Goals Convention took place on the afternoon of April 30th, 2021. Although it wasn't, well, it was still afternoon for us, but it was a bit later because we were in Eastern, they were in Pacific, and... Yeah, the time zone thing came in there again. I didn't know what time it was by I know, the, at that by the point, end of the first day. I'd lost track too because I was just going, going, going from the morning to prep and then starting. And Yeah. So at this point, I believe it was maybe 4 p.m. our time, something like that. And I'd also never, I didn't really know how this was going to go because the sessions in the morning, everyone was at the same session. It was just one Zoom link, whereas in the afternoon, there were separate Zoom links for each exhibit and there were six exhibits in total. And you can come in with your own Zoom room link or you can use ours and so. Right, yeah. When we set up the convention on the planning committee, we asked our presenters when we reached out to them to see if they wanted to present at the convention. We said, for your exhibit spot in the afternoon, did you want us to provide you with a link or do you have your own? Because a lot of these bigger companies like Humanware, of course, have their own Zoom platform. So they just use their own. Whereas a couple of people, Plan Institute and we'll talk about more coming up, Brain in the mm-hmm. Sky, all of these, some of these other ones ha- are smaller and they, and they asked if we could provide them with one. So we were happy to do so. And the exhibit hall was really neat. I kind of wish I could have checked it out a bit more. Being in charge of the convention, I wanted to jump in and out of a few of the rooms to make sure everything was running smoothly. Yeah, it's kind of on us for that. Yeah. But I did end up over the afternoon getting a chance to talk to all of them for a little bit. And it lasted three hours. Some people spent less time. They didn't want as much time for their room. Others took the full three hours. So Yeah, so as soon as the afternoon of speakers sort of ended, I had to hop right over to uh, the AMI Zoom room. And that was one of the ones who didn't uh, take up the full three hours, I believe. So... Right, Accessible Media Incorporated were just there for the first hour. Yeah, and I ended up booking them, uh, worked with them a bit, (laughs) partnerships and stuff. So I reached out to AMI, and they were a sponsor for the event, which we really appreciated their donation. So so I was in the Zoom room with uh, Janice Davison-Presick. She's the marketing and communications uh, manager there at AMI, and uh, AMI is a not-for-profit media company that uh, entertains, informs, and empowers Canadians who are blind or or partially sighted. So we had a nice conversation in the Zoom room with her. I don't know. Did you make it in there, Bri? Yeah, I went there actually right away as well, because that one we set up on our Outlook Zoom. So I wanted to make sure it was running. I jumped in, but I was just there, I think, for five minutes, because I thought, <laughs> oh, shoot, I should probably check out these other ones, make sure everyone's... Because they just started at two, right? Or one or two, whatever time it was. Who knows anymore? Yeah, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I put away the clock. But um, <laughs> but it was, yeah, so I, I, I was only in there briefly. I wish I could have stayed longer because 
she sounded like a very nice lady in it. I don't know what your experience was like there, how much you remember. It was such, some of it was a blur because it was so yeah, much going on Yeah, that's the problem. It was days. a blur a lot of the time. No, I was in there for quite a, quite a bit of that first hour, I believe. And uh, we had a few other women in the group. We had a nice just sort of ch- chill room actually there. Not everybody knew to come over there, I think. Some others were more exciting, maybe the technology companies and stuff. So, uh, yeah, so I was in there with Janice for a while. And uh, and I made an appearance with Steve and his his guys there for assistive tech technology. And uh, also Nate Toves. Uh, both of those gentlemen were so conversational and very welcoming into the Zoom room when I made my appearance. So We're going to have both of them on Outlook eventually. I know you... Mentioned that to Steve, I think, when you were in his exhibit, and I brought that up with Nate when I spoke with him. Performers Braying in the Sky with Maggie Bray. We had her on Outlook recently with her brother Eric Burgraff, who we also talked about, and our webmaster, CFB webmaster. And the Performers Feline Therapy Center's mission is to get an emotional support cat into the hands of those who need them. They're also attempting to give those who require it access to feline therapy. One day we'll have Maggie on the show again to talk maybe a bit more about that because I still need to learn more. I I did check out that room actually for a bit. They were also playing some music in there just to have more of a lighter, entertaining room, which was kind of cool. Switch things up from all these serious topics. And we, we appreciated all six of our sponsors who were in exhibit room that day. So Yeah, so everyone who presented pretty much, not every single presentation, but most of the people who presented, or I guess I should more accurately say everyone who had a booth in the afternoon or virtual exhibit was also a sponsor of this convention. So all six sponsors that we're talking about here, Humanware, Performers Braying in the Sky, Plan Institute, Canadian Assistive Technology, Accessible Media Incorporated, and Neil Squire. Neil Squire. Yes. So six sponsors. We really appreciate that. As you mentioned, Nate from Neil Squire. I was also in that exhibit hall spot near the end, right before our open chat. And that was really nice. I was I was actually lying down the rest of the convention. I was sitting up with my fancy microphone and headphones. Whereas at that point I was like, I just need a little break to lie down. And I <sighs> used my phone with my earbuds. And I just had a nice relaxed conversation with him about people who judge and just how we all have to work together and all these things that I've been thinking about more and more these days. Wow, sorry I missed that. That sounded actually interesting. Yeah, it was a really nice conversation. And he just has, maybe you got a bit of that feel from his presentation, but he has such a calm demeanor and very kind. It just, it was really what the state I needed to be put in at that point, (laughs) because I I think I said one earlier, but it was 2 p.m. Pacific, so 5 to 8 Eastern. So by 8 p.m. that night, I was, I think you probably were too, Care. Yeah. I was drained. So that was the perfect medicine for me That's talking to needed. him. Yeah. So it was Melissa Karen's pre- presenting for Plan Institute. Yep. But then in the uh, exhibit hall, when Plan Institute had a room, uh, they actually had Tom Brooks. And I. that's who I ended up having a nice conversation with. He and I in that room and talking a bit about what RDSPs are and that I did have one already. And yeah, he was... A nice guy, I guess, just come from um, the UK, moved to Canada fairly recently. So. Yeah, I, uh, that's actually Tom Brooks is the one that I spoke with through over email. A little different over email. You don't have the same connection. Yeah. And I booked, I mentioned that earlier anyway, but I booked Plan Institute with him. Mm-hmm. And so it was cool to have a different person presenting than from in the exhibit room because you get an idea of the other people who work for the company and different yeah. Um, I actually was in that exhibit as well. Just briefly, I, I wish I kind of talked to him more because he did seem like a really, really easy guy to talk to. 
And after I'd already talked to him a lot in the email, it's kind of neat to, so different. It's ni- much nicer in person. Yeah, I thought the same with Janet to put the voice to the Yeah, name. same with booking these people. I booked, it was all through email in the beginning, but eventually I talked to a couple of these people on the phone and it just made it so much better, I found. Because yeah. you have that personal connection and you feel a lot more comfortable and relaxed. And then Humanware, their exhibit spot. I don't know, Carrie, did you even get a chance to get in there? I, it was hard to catch everything. It was. I I was still trying to understand how to navigate from one of the rooms to the other. And so, yeah, I just bas- basically made it there near the end and I, I missed a lot of it. But Yeah, that's why it was great. We had Roger Curie there. for. Um, he helped a lot with mentoring, which was really important because there's so many people coming to these things that are new to this stuff. Like, well, we, we were too, but everyone is. And so you've got to have those help options. So we had a, a helpline set up through the, the Zoom bridge, which I'd never heard of a Zoom bridge before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a number that makes it simpler because if you call into Zoom by telephone, some people just don't always have all the up-to-date technology and to cover all, all groups of people, seniors, and just, you know, not everyone's as techy. So Yeah, be inclusive. Zoom is the thing now, but it, you know, it wasn't always that way. And Yeah, and we don't want, while technology advances and we want to keep up with new technology, we still want to include everyone. We don't want to make it so it's inaccessible. So we had this Zoom bridge, which Alex Jurgensen, the convention committee chair, set up so that you could just call a 10-digit number and not have to type in any more codes and you could get right in and there was an option for help. Uh, so that was really appreciated. Occasionally, though, when the person came through on the bridge, it would interrupt the Zoom in- session in progress, which you heard at the very beginning of all our montages here. Right, at the very Alex beginning of the show. Came in, coming a, through. Little, a little bug might, we might have to fix for next time. It wasn't a huge deal, really. Yeah, it's good to learn what things we could work on for next year. And- but speaking of humanware, I was I did go to the humanware exhibit hall because it's so weird calling it a hall. When it's yeah, virtual. I know. Virtual. I went to the humanware exhibit room, I guess I could say, Zoom room. Yeah. Uh, since I had booked them, well, I also love humanware, so I wanted to check mm. it out. But I also, I also booked them, so I thought it would be great. It would be important for me to stop by. And again, like you mentioned earlier, with Tom Brooks and Melissa Karens, in the humanware room, it wasn't Peter Tusick from earlier who spoke. <laughs> it was Rachel Feinberg, right. who is blindness products specialist for humanware. And they actually had a special session that they invited people to join them at 3 p.m. Pacific for a spotlight demonstration on the new intelligent braille displays and they also awarded one lucky attendee a $50 Amazon gift card and (laughs) this was awkward for me because I just joined the room I didn't catch enough of the presentation (laughs) which I also was disappointed I really wanted to catch more of it yeah so I came in kind of near the end and I listened a little bit but then the door prize came up and I was there at the time I thought maybe they would just put in the names who were there from the beginning or something but nope (laughs) so I was there I was in the draw I guess and they called me so I won the the gift card and I didn't want to sound ungrateful but I just I don't know why I had this awkward feeling being a host yeah look putting we were, it on I wanted we an wanted attendee to be a, to get it we not, wanted to be authentic but yeah we we didn't t- think to take our names out and some people thought you guys are a part of the event like anyone else you deserve to be in the draws but yeah it we felt were, awkward we were attendees too so we I don't were, know. But... maybe that's partly us we can be a little awkward and oh yeah I don't know oh. so who, who knows, but um, <laughs> I'm, did, I'm glad I got to make it into the humanware room. And it was Rachel Feinberg. I think there were at least one or two other people. It's, yeah, I believe so. It's hard to keep track of, of everyone that was there. <laughs> um, but I, I'm glad I did get to go there for a bit, not just because of the Amazon card. Obviously, I, I also did want to get to talk to her briefly and everyone in there. And mm-hmm. I'm really, really glad that they came and sponsored. So thanks again to everyone that we've mentioned there for sponsoring and participating in our 2021 convention yeah it made the first day more successful than we dared hope so 
when we ended that day, we ended it with an open chat. And again, that was good. We got to talk to people and hear about how they were thinking the first day had gone and, and got some good feedback early on there. So it was good. It was just we were both exhausted and done. Yeah, it was pretty done, which was fine. It was just a chat, but still putting mm -hmm. on the convention. You wanted to participate a little bit. You didn't want to. Yeah, I almost disappeared. And then I thought, oh, I should yeah, probably I should stick around. And it did feel good. I wish we'll talk about it a bit later. Um, <laughs> we had planned for more of these the next day. Yeah, things get busy, as you'll find out soon. But I'm really glad we included that because over Zoom, you still want to really have that networking opportunity. This was networking day. And we had that throughout the day for the for all the organizations that... Yeah, we that, were really open with like questions and we tried to give good question and answer sessions. Right, but to just have a casual room where yeah. it's open just to talk about anything, not even relating to the convention at a yeah. point, right? Um, we also tried to set up breakout rooms, which I'd never done before. Joanne, Gabius, our Zoom administrator. coordinator, administrator, I guess is the better word, helped us out with that. And it was pretty neat. I was still trying to get the hang of it. Um, it's It's like, you know, when you have... 30 plus people, you don't want everyone in the same room. It gets kind of crazy. So we tried to break it Shuffle off and have up, some yeah. topics. And that didn't quite work out how we had planned. But again, it's all a learning experience. It was a experience. bit chaos. It was like, where am I? Am I, in, did I, am I still in the same room? Is Which it... room? I, got en I ended up in a room just with Nancy, the door prize lady. And it was pretty funny. We kept laughing because we kept trying to... <laughs> we had a nice chat for a few minutes, but then we wanted to see what else was going on. So we tried to leave the room and she said... Hey, hello. I was like, yep, I'm still here. She's like, oh, it's still you. And <laughs> oh. It was a pretty funny. Yikes. Anyway, experience. that's how day one ended pretty much. And you had, it was time to get some sleep because we had a whole next day to do. And uh, we didn't eat enough. I didn't eat enough no, that first day. That's for sure. <laughs> what happens? I had a kitchen right outside your door. But yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter. I know. I'm also not a big foodie. So I think some people might like the first chance they get run out and grab something. But I'm just. Yeah. You're more eh. worried about making sure you still sound good and all that stuff. Yeah, all the technical stuff. So that was day one. Day two, May 1st, 2021, general session. Hearing from blind Canadians and CFB members, sharing success stories, positive insights, and the future direction for the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Canadian Federation of the Blind Choices and Goals 2021 Virtual Convention, Day 2. I don't know about you guys, but I did not get as much sleep last night as I would have liked, but oh well, this is once a year, so I'm going to enjoy it while it's happening. So, Good idea. Yes, so I, my name is Brian. For anyone who's new here, Brian Kajewski, I am one of your co-hosts, the MC for today, along with my sister, and we host a show called Outlook on Radio Western here in London, Ontario, a show inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind, and we'll talk about that later on this afternoon. We have a presentation. Ooh, Brian, Brian, you were just out like a shot that second morning. There, I was you had a lot pumped. Of, a lot of energy. I was pumped up. That's what these conventions do to you. Yeah, it's all the adrenaline. Yes, indeed. We were running around quite a bit again on the second morning. Starting. Yeah, trying to get names together. We had a few more people register overnight. Yeah, which was 67 good. total registrants. What a, what a success. So yeah, that, the second morning, again, I, and I ended up having some technical difficulties right up at showtime. We started a bit late. Uh, everybody was coming on Zoom, though, and, um, you know, with morning yeah. greetings. So that was nice. Not too late. I think we were maybe 15 minutes late or something yeah. to start. Oh, yeah. The first day went so smoothly. You knew there was going to be some sort of technical issues. But... Yeah, but we, we expected we'd fall way behind on first day already. So yeah. we were so proud that we got through the first but day. And... General session day is generally, is generally Pretty the more packed, packed day, yeah. I think. Yeah. In its own way. I mean, first day was quite packed, as you already heard. 
but I was panicking at that last second, thinking I needed to hope one of my co my co-hosts to come up from to come upstairs and help with my Zoom or my microphone, whatever it was causing trouble. But we figured it out yeah. last minute and we got on and. I remember rushing up those stairs and <sighs> also had to make sure to eat. So I think we got breakfast yeah. delivered by our parents that day because got to yeah. eat. It's, <laughs> I can't forget to eat during all well, this I stuff. I could have reminded you to eat, but it wasn't really my job. I don't know what to eat sometimes. I know you don't. My kitchen was full, guys. That's all I can tell you. Anyway. Yeah. You didn't you, eat much either. You had plenty of water, right? Yes. Keep water your voice clear. Yes. But. Keep the voice nice and clear. Yeah, so we started off with a couple panels, the parenting panel organized by Nancy Gill. With both, both, we had a nice mix there. We had both parents who are blind as well as a sighted parent with a blind child. Yeah, Nancy as host, who is a blind, uh, a mother who is blind, two right. grown children. So it was a nice mix of... And like the door prizes, she was really excited to do this. And she had done door prizes at the in-person convention a couple years ago. But so it was that the parenting panel, though, for her was very new. Mm-hmm. And you did a great job, I think, Carrie, of mentoring her a little bit through the process, but she did a lot of it. So that was that was a great opportunity for her. And that's always what we like to provide at the Canadian Federation of the Blind is opportunities that you may not have otherwise, because it's it's hard. It's hard sometimes to really get these opportunities. And we're trying to change that. Yeah, it can be tough out there. So yeah, Nancy, really, it really meant a lot to her to do this parenting panel, kind of like it meant quite a bit for me to do my panel that I ran to start off the morning. So I could understand where she was coming from. My panel was what began the day, the second day, and it was on diversity. So I, I, I named it in their own words. It just, you know, our theme this year was choices and goals, but I also thought one of the themes was going to be more diversity and all we did all across the weekend. So from make sure we include some land acknowledgements to having speakers from different backgrounds, which, you know, gives it more of a, a, a varied Varied convention, I think. So. Yeah, okay. It was a great way to launch the second day. We as blind people, we can't see what it looks like when in George Floyd's case, a white male officer had his knee on a black man's neck for nine minutes. But we can't say that we don't see color. We know that just because we don't see it or experience something, that doesn't mean others don't. Thank you. Uh, hello, my name is Skangandel. Uh, I am, to- I am uh, 30 years old from uh, North Sandwich, British Columbia, Canada. I was born uh, with retinopathy of prematurity, uh, which left me totally blind. Uh, and uh, as well as a hearing impairment, as well as cerebral palsy. My name is Ginny. I am a 21-year-old uh, university student. As well as blindness, I am also a part of the South Asian community. My parents were born in India and immigrated to Canada, and I was born here. I am also part of the LGBT community. Uh, My name is Victoria Francis. I am 35 years old, uh, completely blind uh, due to retinopathy or prematurity, like Sky, and I identify as Indian Canadian. My parents immigrated uh, with my siblings and myself to Canada in 1992. So uh, after that, I have incorporated uh, being a proud Canadian in my identity. I am passionate about disability issues as as a woman with a disability. I am speechless and I almost cried because... (laughs) Me too. That really made me emotional and I just... 
really want to congratulate you on that, Carrie, because nobody likes to talk about these things because they're tough, and I understand that. Yeah. We're never going to get any progress in the world if we don't start talking about this more, and we have, and we have been. So I think that's also important, and I'll, I'll take it over to you now, Care. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that we're, as co-hosts, we're both back. <laughs> My name is Nancy Gill. I'm here honored to be hostessing the parent panel, Choices and Gold, National Convention for the Federation of the Blind. Woo! I'm a mother of two children. When Nathan was young, I had to go to court with his father. I ended up getting sole custody. People would thought I couldn't be a mother because I was blind and deaf. I have Usher's syndrome RP. I had to prove that I could be a mother. So my name's Elizabeth Lalonde and I live in Victoria, British Columbia. I am a very proud mom of two teenage boys. I have a son who has his driver's license now and it's, it's pretty amazing. So um, I, I'm a single mom. So that has been challenging and um, wonderful. And my kids are really the most important thing in my life. Hi, my name is Eric. Thanks for having me on the panel. Um, I am 39. And in the last two years, uh, my wife, Brianna, and I got married. And we had our daughter Jocelyn who is now 10 months and Brianna and Jocelyn are both sighted. I am blind. So I'm Melissa. Thank you guys so much for letting me join on this panel. Um, I have three kids and my youngest son Timothy who just turned two was diagnosed with Lieber congenital osteoporosis. So he is blind and that is why I'm here. Um, just to talk about my experience with raising him and getting to hear everybody else's experience as a parent who is visually impaired because one day my son might be a parent who's visually impaired. So I'm happy to hear everybody's experiences. I am Mary Ellen Gabios's daughter. My name is Joanne Gabios. And I think that the most important thing that you can do um, is to bring your family to convention. I know a lot of people here are here by themselves, but I think making convention and making those, um, your kids sighted or blind, your family come and make them be a part of it so that they can uh, make those connections and really uh, embrace that. And, you know, everybody needs somebody who understands what you're going through. And I think what happened when I was going to national convention, I made a lot of friends who had blind parents and we got to like, we got to share those lived experiences. So it's really an investment um, into their um, future as well to be able to bring them and give them that community. So We're really glad she spoke up at that moment. She was talking about all the conventions in the past she has attended as a sighted daughter of two blind parents. And, uh, you know, just getting to meet other families in that same sort of circumstance and, and what it's like when your family come along with you to one of these conventions. We've talked about that with our family as well, because when yeah. you're a family of blind with blind children and stuff, sometimes you feel like you don't need to go to these things or it's not quite the same because you already know what it's like. But this just gives you a different perspective, I think, for sure. And I really hope that someday our family gets to go to one of these conventions because it really does have a large impact. Oh, yeah, I think it, I think it would for them, too. 
It's just, yeah, we get we get going with our lives and you just don't think you really need to. It's usually extra travel, whereas when it's virtual, it's not so much. But So we were actually grateful having our parents in attendance here for our first stab at hosting a convention, even if it was virtual. Yeah, and... Another great Carrie connection there with on the parenting panel. We had Melissa from the blog. Definitely check it out. Happiness is blind. Another previous Outlook guest as well. Yeah, we just we I love that blog name. Absolutely. I look at the the upside of things sometimes because there is one. And we started the morning of panels with my introduction to my diversity panel, just with everything that's happened in the last year in the world. And I just I really needed to do that. And so I was nervous, but hopefully I got all my points out and. Appreciate everybody on the panel, including Sky, which we had him on our 100th episode back in January. 100 episodes, yeah. On to the next speakers. Another Carrie connection. (laughs) Former Outlook guests and hosts of the podcast talk description to me, Christine Malik and JJ Hunt. I'm not sure if my co-host is, I'm not sure what's going on. I may have to check in on here in a minute. Hello? uh, Oh, here she is. Here you are. Yeah, I'm having some issues today, apparently, but that's... It happens, it happens. We all we all have technical They're issues, They're doing a right? lot better than me when I run these conventions. I go way over time, so bravo to you. I lost my sight later in life, and when I speak to some of my colleagues who lost their sight earlier in life, and they describe how color is not something that they can understand, how, how do I explain that to them? And it came up a little bit in a description about racism, which is really, you know, color of skinism. There's so much to unpack with the description of skin tone and race. Our, our, our understanding has changed over time. The way audio describers have approached this uh, has changed dramatically recently and is still in the process of changing. And uh, But how to describe, so there are a couple of different schools of thought. First of all, I think it's fair to say right now, most audio description users have told us, the describers, that skin tone does matter. Hearing a description of skin tone matters. We're getting closer and closer and closer in some parts of the world to being post-race. Chris, did you have something you wanted to add on that? Um, only that as as one of those people who's never seen color, it is really abstract to me. And so it's an intellectual concept. And I've never honestly heard an explanation that I think even probably comes close to the experience of color. So I that's a, a sort of a non-answer, but it's one of the things I think about it as a co-host in the podcast is I don't really care about color. So I often don't think to ask about it. JJ is really good. He'll just come out with it because of course, for a lot of the community, they, we do care about color because we've seen it. For most of our life, I was like the vast majority of sighted Canadians and operated under the assumption that Canada's blind were being well served by the CNIB. It was only when I became friends with Doris and Oriano Belusic and other members of the CFB that I came to recognize that how badly our approach was failing some blind Canadians, particularly those that lost their eyesight early in their lives. Okay, so John, you are unmuted. Thank you. Um, I've recently, Daryl, come upon your wonderful report as, as I found the agenda for this convention. And I want to say that I think all blind Canadians owe you quite a debt of gratitude for your compelling analysis. I have have myself started circulating it to folks in my network across the country and intend to to continue doing that. The the CNIB monopoly is 
is a contradiction in terms. The agency talks about promoting independence of the blind, yet any organization that operates such a cradle-to-grave operation as that as the enemy does, that's what I call it, those are my words, um, inevitably will, will, will create dependency upon itself. That's inevitable. The second point I want to raise is what I call the illegitimacy of its advocacy. It, it took upon itself that role, and as you quite correctly mentioned, uh, government takes this opportunity and consults with it regularly. But what we also know is that we never gave it the right to advocate for us on anything. And I'm not suggesting the positions it takes are all bad. They aren't. But we never gave it the right to advocate for us on anything. That should be our right as consumers. Folks like us who are part of democratically constituted organizations. And after all, we know best what our needs are. Small snippet there from Daryl Jones' CNIB 100-Year Monopoly Report presentation. We also featured the full report previously on an Outlook episode. I highly recommend you check that out for further details. And you can also read the full report at cfb.ca. Such an important presentation at the convention and so many questions there. We didn't even have time for a lunch break, barely, because we just had so many poignant questions throughout the morning. Yeah, one of our key events, uh, speakers for sure. And before that, we had JJ and Christine from the podcast Talk Description to Me, which is doing very well, very popular these days. And they brought up an interesting thing, again, with the theme of diversity from the whole convention here. We were talking about skin color, which leads into the general topic of color when you're blind. And it kind of fits you and I, Bri, because Christine has yeah. always been totally blind, pretty much. So colors never meant anything to I her. I could relate to her for sure. Yeah. And whereas I've seen color. So I'm a little more like JJ, who's actually the sighted audio describer of the team. But uh, yeah, we talk about color because it, it has played a role in our lives. So... They're yeah, a, great, so after that, a great team. I love them. They are a great team. And after that, we had a very short lunch break. Back next time with part two. Send us an email. Outlook on RadioWestern at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at OutlookCFB. And on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western.